Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Today, um, we're in a standalone sermon because next week we are starting a sermon series called One Hit Wonders. One Hit Wonders, and it's going to be a fantastic series. Um, our band will be doing some One Hit Wonders as well. You're welcome. And, uh, but, but what I, I want to encourage us as a church, man, invite somebody to come with you because this is going to be a great series talking about how are you not just a one hit wonder in life, but you really killed it in that one moment. But the rest of it, you just kind of fizzled out, right? And that's not the goal. It's not the goal just to be really great in one season, in one chapter of our life, but that we would be, live significantly and obediently in every phase of our life. And so, man, you've got friends. Maybe they're scared to come to church because they just don't know what to expect. Next week, this whole series would be a great week for you and I to be found people that are finding people and bringing them to a place where they can hear a message that will change their life. So that's going to be starting off next week. But today, we're in a, a message that is one that I didn't even get through first service. I'm probably not going to get through it this service because it's just that big. And it started registering with me about two weeks ago. And I just started writing notes down and writing notes down. And today, I want to talk to you about leaving it better than you found it. Leaving it better than you found it. And um, one of the things I really enjoy doing is playing golf. Uh, when I have time to do it, when I'm playing good, I enjoy playing golf. I, and I'm bipolar when it comes to my golf game. It's either great or it's awful. There's no middle ground. Like, I was, I was okay. No, it's either really good or it's really, really bad. But one of my favorite things that happens on golf that makes me feel better than anything else is when you're 100 yards out or more, and you hit a golf shot, and it lands on the green, and it makes a divot, which for you non-golfers means it, may, it does some damage to the green, right? It makes an imprint into the green, and, and, and all of a sudden, I get to pull out my favorite weapon of choice, my divot fixer, right? And when I'm walking up on the green, all of a sudden, I, it's like I, I turn into this professional golf pro when this happens to me. And I can hear the, the, the music from the Masters playing from Augusta National, right? And it starts going, and I feel like my caddy should be with me, right? And I'm like, got people, and, and people are like, the, the announcers are saying, yes, sir, right? And I'm, I'm down there fixing it, and I hear the applause, and everybody, like, and I'm just looking, and I'm fixing my divot, and I fix another divot, and I, I feel like the greatest golfer in the world in that moment. But the rule is, when it comes to fixing divots, is this, is that you don't just fix one divot, you fix yours plus one, because the thought is that you would leave it better than you found it. For all of you Boy Scouts out there, you know this rule, it's a rule that the Boy Scouts have about the campfire, that... You leave the campfire better than how you found it. I think this is really crucial, and this is a message that our world, our community, our culture, our churches need to hear, but we don't just need to hear it, 
But we need to live it because you and I know, we, we know this. We know everywhere Jesus went, every community he came in contact with, every city he came in contact with, every people, all the people he came in contact with, he left it better than he found it. In fact, this is the truth. To the lame, Jesus gave the ability to walk. To the blind, he gave sight. To the deaf, he gave hearing. And the dead, he called them back to life. To the rejected, he accepted. To the hopeless, he gave hope. To the broken, he made whole. To the outcast, he made his inner circle. To the lonely, he called friend. And to the poor, he showed them how rich they were. To the captive, he set free. To the down and out, he pulled up and called in. And to the weary, he gave rest. And the weak, he gave strength. To the guilty and the sinner, he gave forgiveness and made them new. Jesus always, always, always left everyone and everyone every place better than he found it. And so, so if that's what he did, we know our goal isn't to, to become more like Justin. That's, that's not what WWJD stands for, if you didn't know. It's what would Justin do. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble. Amen. Um, it, it's not to do what Justin does. Our, our goal for 2020, I know this world is insane right now, right? Our goal, our strategy in life is not to hunker down underneath some sort of table and just hope that we survive, right? Like, see you 2020, I'm waiting for 2021 to really spread my wings and fly. That, that's, not, that's not the strategy that God has called you and I to live as followers of Christ. Jesus did not die on a cross and raise from the dead for you and I to live safe, hidden lives. He's called us to live a life that as we live it, and when we're done with it, that we left it better than we found it. That the people we surround ourselves with, the people we con come in contact with, we leave them better than we found them. That the community that we find ourselves living in, that we left that community better than we found it. And when I say better than you found it, what do I mean by better? Because all of us have a different definition of what better can be. Oh, I'm leaving it better, all right. No, you're not, right? Like, like you know, what, what do you mean by better, Justin? Well, this is what I mean. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As you are interacting with people and you're coming into situations and there's different circumstances you're dealing with, are you leaving behind peace or stress? Put it, put it a different way. Are you leaving behind peace or drama? Right? Are you busy lifting people up, or are you busy talking about people? Are, are you busy making a mess of things and airing your opinion, or are you too busy being Jesus to the community that you find yourself in? Are you leaving it better than you found it? Because here's a command that Jesus gave his followers. Here's a command that he gave the religious, his followers, everybody. And, and this is something you and I know. A lot of you, that if you grew up Assemblies of God, you went to this thing called the Royal Rangers. And I was, I grew up AG. I'm not there anymore. But um, I, I grew up in the Royal Rangers before I got kicked out of Royal Rangers. And some of you are like, how'd you get kicked out of Royal Rangers? I'll tell you that story later. Um, but I got kicked out of Royal Rangers. And, and, and here was their motto, to make the golden rule my Daily rule, some of you know, yeah, like you're like, it just kind of rhymes too. So to make the golden rule your daily rule, and here's what the golden rule is. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, it says, so in everything, everybody say everything. Let's try that one more time. Everything. There we go. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Jesus says this. This sums it all up. (laughs) All the commandments, what the prophets were talking about, this whole following God thing, this sums it up. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. To you, the foundation for leaving people and things better off than how you found them is this, is that you do in everything you do for others what you want them to do for you. So here's the first thing I really want to charge us with today. It's simply this, leave people better off than how you found them. Leave people better off than how you found them. Question to you today, are you investing in people or are you using people? Are you building bridges or are you burning them? Right? Are you a giver or are you a taker? Right? Are you a peacemaker or a pot stirrer? Well, whatever your term is, What's the answer to that? Because here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48 of the message translation. It says this, you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. And and, and like, even when I still hear that, I'm like, wait a second, God, are you sure about that, right? Like, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. I still chuckle when I read it because I'm like, I don't do that real well. Like, I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, You're a total jerk. I'm praying. Um, I just, I struggle with that, right? But this is what he's saying. When someone gives you a hard time, when someone talks about you, when somebody's mean to you, pray for them. What? For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. And this is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless. The good, the bad, the nice, and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In fact, another translation says taxpayers even do that, right? Like, like, like tax collectors, excuse me, not taxpayers, tax collectors even do that. Like, oh, they're the worst, right? Even tax collectors are nice to people who are nice to them. And he says this in a word. What I am saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards other the others the way God lives towards you. Here's what Jesus is saying. That if you and I are leaving people worse off than better off, 
If you and I are using people instead of investing in people, if you and I, everywhere we go, we're creating drama and problems in people's lives and turmoil instead of people in people's lives, and, and you can come up with a gamut of excuses. Well, they had it coming. Well, you didn't hear what they say. You didn't see how they treated me. They've never been nice. They always talk about me, so I'm just going to give it right back. I'm going to fight fire with fire. That's what I'm going to do. No, no, no. Here's what Jesus says to you and me, even those of you watching at home online. He says, grow up. Woo! He takes the gloves off, right? He, he takes your excuse, he hears all your excuses, and he's like, no, 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 no. Grow up. It's time for you to stop living out of your emotions and start living out of your God-created, centered self. And the only way that happens is for you and I to grow up and become men and women of God. So let me ask this. How are, the, how are you doing with those that are closest to you? Are you leaving those? Because, because what I have found, I'm good Sunday morning. I'm great at leaving you guys hopefully, hopefully better than I found you. Like Hopefully you're like, that really took away from my life. If that happens on a Sunday morning, we need to do some work. But, but you know, I, I'm great at interacting with my friends. I'm great at interacting with people I see every once in a while. But the people I see on a daily basis, my wife, my kids, how am I at investing in them? Am I leaving them better off than how I found them? Because many times... The reality is what we give to our spouse, what we give to our kids is only what we have left over that we haven't given to others. And you can live on leftovers every once in a while. Leftovers are good every once in a while. Cold pizza, chili, stew, that's about it, okay? Um, I'm just going to let you know. Like cold pizza, stew, and chili, phenomenal leftover. But you know what? I don't want to live on leftovers. And your marriage can't live on leftovers. Right? It, it, it can... Be okay every once in a while, but if all you're giving your spouse and your kids is what's left over that you haven't given to everybody else because you've given your best to everyone else, man, you're not leaving them better off than how you found them. And if you want to know how to have a marriage, because, man, you talk about something that has been attacked during this year, it is marriages. Some of us, we didn't know we had issues with the other person until we had to spend all this time with the other person quarantined. We're like, holy cow, I hate your guts, right? Like, like you're, this side always like, why do you always say the mean stuff to us and the nice stuff to this? Right? I, like, holy cow, I hate your guts, right? So, but, but here's what... <laughs> Here's what the Bible says. If you're going to have a healthy marriage, if your marriage is going to be something that you are investing in and you're leaving better off than you're taking advantage of and always taking instead of giving, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 says this. Don't be selfish. Don't do it. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And if you want a healthy marriage, this, this scripture has to become a reality to your life. Right? This scripture has to be a reality in your marriage. That you aren't taking an interest, uh, just your own interest, but you're taking an interest in others too. I call it the garage door test. When, when you hit the garage door, are your spouse and kids excited that you're home or are they dreading your home? Because if so, chances are you're not leaving them better off than you found them. Your roommates, are your roommates excited when you walk through the door 
Or they're like, oh, dang, here comes crazy, right? Like, let's be honest. Like, here it comes. Just wait. Um, I think it's time for us to go separate ways. Like, are you leaving it better off and then better off than how you found them? The other thing is this. How about people you don't like? The Bible would call those people enemies. We don't say that. Like, we're like, I don't have enemies. I just have people that get on my nerves, right? Are you leaving people better off that you don't like? Let's flush this out. Let's, let's, what's that mean, that I don't like? People that don't vote like you, right? Are, are you loving them? Are you Are you leaving people better off than how you found them if they have a Trump sticker on or a Biden sticker on, right? I just don't know how. No, 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 no. It's not about your opinion. It's about what God commands us, what Jesus commands us to do, to do for everyone and everything we do, right, to do for others what we want them to do for us, to to live the golden rule out, right? Right? Well, they shouldn't vote. No, no, no. Stop. Well, they, they, stop with the wells, right? Are you leaving people that you don't understand, that you don't look like you, don't think like you, don't process things like you, that don't have your values? It's easy to love people who think like me, who vote like me, who rationale like me, who like my football team instead of Kansas State, like all these different things. It's easy. It's easy. But you know what God is called? He says any tax collectors can do that. But you and I, we're supposed to, if we're going to love and leave people better off than how we found them, that means we got to grow up. And we got to do the hard thing of loving people that are difficult for us to love and to invest in people that are hard for us to invest in, especially when we don't understand it, especially there are some people I just don't get. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? I'm called to love them anyways. Leave people better off than how you found them. The second thing is this, leave situations better off than how you found them. Leave situations better off, circumstances better off. Then how you found him, Matthew 5, 16, says, let your light shine, so shine before men, live lives in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they see how you're living your life, live your life in such a way that how you're living your life points to something bigger than yourself. Right, that's it. You and I are called to leave situations better off than how we found them. I tell you, right now, the world is losing their mind. Right? Our culture is losing. Every, every month, it's something new. Every week. You guys remember toilet paper? Like, everybody was losing their, I mean, people were fighting over toilet paper. Right? There are still, like, I went to Walmart the other day. There's still racks of toilet paper in the center of the store because it was such an issue. Like, and if somebody put two containers of toilet paper in their grocery cart, you were like, what a hoarder. You are a monster, sir. You are a monster. Like, how dare you? You selfish jerk. Somebody else needs to wipe their butt too, right? Like, I mean, we were just losing our minds, losing our minds over toilet paper, over hand sanitizer, right? Like we're, we're losing it. We're losing it over politics, 
over Supreme Court justice. And I'm not saying toilet paper is not important. <laughs> I'm not saying politics doesn't have its place and it's not important. But adults, we're starting to scare the children. All right? <laughs> we're scaring the children. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if they get elected again or if they approve. I don't, I don't know what we're going to You know what we're going to do? We're going to realize Jesus is still on the throne. He's still in control. And we're going to be okay. Whether your person gets elected or not. And here's what I would encourage you with. And this, in this melting pot, in this culture where everybody is losing their mind, let me encourage you, when everyone is losing their mind, keep yours. Right? When everyone is losing their mind, keep yours. Because our culture, our communities need to see how people of God, how the church reacts when everyone is dealing with stressful situations. How do you react? Are your deeds being, are you living your life out in such a way that your deeds are pointing to him? When things are peaceful or when they're stressful, are your, is your life being lived out in such a way that it's pointing to something bigger than yourself, but it's pointing to him? When things go your way or things don't go your way, when your person gets elected or your person doesn't get elected, are you still keeping your mind when everyone has lost yours and living it in such a way that it points to something, to someone, to your Savior, Jesus Christ, who's bigger than you. Because here's what he tells us in Colossians 3.17. He says, and whatever you do or say, let me, let me repeat that. This, this verse is so hard for me. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Didn't say as a mom and dad, right? It didn't say as a Republican or a Democrat. It didn't say as a pastor. It didn't say as a businessman. It says, do it as a representative. Another translation says, as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Here's what you and I need to know. Everything you do at work and say at work, you're not doing it as an employee or as an employer. You're doing it as a representative of God. Everything you do and everything you say on, online, you're doing it as a representative of Jesus Christ. Woo! Everything you do and say at home, when nobody else knows, no, everything, everything means everything. In the Greek, Hebrew, all of it. Like everything means everything. Everything you do at home, everything you say at home, you're not supposed to do it as a spouse. You're not supposed to do it as a parent. You're supposed to do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. Man. I, I struggle with that. Parents, this means when you are interacting with your school that your student goes to and school's not going the way you want and they're not conducting ways and they're not running it the way that makes sense to you. When you are interacting with that teacher, with that principal, with that school administrator, you are a representative of Jesus Christ first and a parent second. That means you can say the thing you need, but you don't have to be mean when you say it. 
right? They, hey, hey, let's have a little grace and mercy to everywhere we go so that even when we're talking and, and, and man, having some conversations, man, you employers out there, you can still have truthful, hard conversations and not be mean about it, right? We, we're called to leave situations better than we found it. So that everything you do or say, we're doing it as a representative of Christ. This happened to me, <laughs> this happened to me yesterday. I was calling to place an order to go um, at a restaurant, Casey and I like to go to and that we go to quite a bit. And they're like, would you mind being placed on hold? Uh, would you mind being placed on a brief hold? And I'm like, brief hold, I can do, right? Like, yes, I can do that. 20 minutes later, this is yesterday. I was like, God, why do you do this stuff to me when I'm going to preach a message that I had to apply? Like, I just don't like it, right? Like, I'm like, ah, stop it with the illustrations already, right? So I'm on, I'm on hold, and I have hung up and called back. So I have been on hold for it. Like, I was on hold for five minutes. I thought, maybe they got me on the wrong line. No, they didn't. I just, I was on hold for 25 minutes. I love this restaurant. I love the staff. They're awesome. And when the lady got on, I didn't say, you idiot, <laughs> you know, like you are the sorriest suckers in the world. You know, I come into your restaurant all the time. I'm thinking about never coming back in. No, you know what I did? Because I had to apply everything I do or say I do as a representative of Jesus Christ. Great. Thanks, God. Um, here's what I did. I said, hey, I love your restaurant. I love your food's amazing. The staff's amazing. I've been on hold for about 25 minutes, and I just want to let you guys know that. I'm going somewhere else tonight. We'll be back, but I just don't want somebody else to have a bad experience because I like you guys that much. And she's like, well, I can get a manager, and we can get you some free food. I go, I'm not trying to get free food. I don't want to talk to a manager. I just want to let you know, man, that, that this was a problem, and I want to make sure that it doesn't hurt you guys, and it doesn't hurt new customers. And you guys have a great one. We'll be back. But she just, this lady blew her away. She's like, you don't want anything for free? And I'm like, no, I don't want anything for free. For, for free. She goes, well, thank you for being so nice. And I was like, that's where we've come to, right? That our culture, that, that just being nice in a difficult situation stands out because we're not used to leaving things better than we found it. One of the most stressful things to me is going to the grocery store right now because you have to wear a mask, right? And I'm not, this is not an anti-mask moment right now. I can't see below my mask because of my nose. It makes a tent, I'm just being honest, right? And so I'm walking around like this. And there's arrows on the ground. I'm like, there's arrows on the ground? There's arrows on the ground. And I'm, I'm just, I, I keep pushing my cart. I can't see anything. And, and I walk down this aisle and everybody starts glaring at me. And I'm like, what, what happened? I didn't cough. I didn't sneeze. I'm like, we're good, right? Like, I'm like... And I go, and I get something, and this old man lays into me. How, how dare you? Do you not see the arrows? What arrows? <laughs> you know, I'm like, there's arrows? Like, why? Like, are we talking these kind of arrows? Or This is a one way. You don't care about me. You're trying to kill people, aren't you? This was several months ago, and my response wasn't so kind. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it there. 
I was not practicing being Christ's representative in everything I did and say. Little name calling, ding dong. Anyways, um, and, and, and here's the deal. This is not your nature, right? This is, our nature's to respond instead of, be, instead of being a benefit. And if our culture's gonna get better, if our community's gonna get better, you and I have to take this serious, that whatever we do and say, we understand, I'm not doing it first as a spouse, first as a parent, first as a teenager, first as a student, first as an employee or employer. I'm doing it first as a representative of God. Whether that's going to the store, whether that's going to school, whether that's going to work, whatever I'm doing. And check out what it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So here's what I would challenge you with today is that we're in a world that this whole pandemic has made us really cold, has made us really scared, and we're not connecting. And I know there's places we've got to go with masks, and you can't see people's mouths, and you can't see people's expressions, but that's not true. You can't see people's expressions. You can tell when somebody's smiling or when somebody's frowning behind the mask. And man, minister through the mask. You may not like the mask, but be Christ's representative behind the mask. When you're going through the grocery store, smile at people. You may not know them. It may creep them out. They're like, what you smiling at? You going the wrong way, right? Like, no, I'm just smiling. I'm just trying to leave this place better than I found it. You know, waiters and waitresses hate working on Sunday because we're the meanest and the stingiest. We don't tip well, and we're just mean and demanding. Foundation Church, let's change that. Let's be the generous, most patient, nicest people that we're interacting with after we leave this place. There's no reason that we're not Christ's representative as we go out of this place, but we've got to do it purposefully because it just won't happen by accident. And if this is going to happen, it's got to be our charge, and I've got to shut down here. But we've got to live out the extra mile principle, right? We've got to live this extra mile principle out. You guys remember this, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, where he says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. And the, the Israelites, the Jews, hated the Romans. Romans were haughty, they were arrogant, they were jerks, and G, there was a law that if a Roman soldier asked a Jew to carry his pack, that, that, that Jew had to carry it for a mile, and then after a mile, he was relieved of his duty. And Jesus says this, don't care for one. Don't just do what's expected of you. Go above and beyond. Right? And this was a big deal because these packs weighed 90 to 100 pounds. Jesus is saying, go, go do something and live life in a way that's extraordinary. That you're going out of your way to 
actually be a blessing that you're leaving it better off than you found it and you're going the extra mile and you're not just doing and living life at a place well that's good enough right because what I have found is that when you and I our strategy to life is just to do what's good enough like I'm just going to do what's good enough at work what's good enough at home if I'm a good enough spouse she probably won't divorce me if I'm a good enough parent they probably won't get on drugs what I have found out is when good enough is our target good enough is very rarely good right but good enough is just us halfway doing it and it's not actually good And so whether it's the people that are closest to you or it's people that have treated you unfairly, even if others have treated you unfairly, how you and I behave is more important. And you and I are called to treat others generously. That as Psalms 23, the psalmist said this, when he's ending it, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Is this what can be said of you? Because the reason the shepherd can say this, the reason the sheep can boast of this, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever is because his shepherd is taking good care of him. Your shepherd's taking great care of you and me. So surely, surely, goodness and mercy is going to be left behind. Surely, we're going to leave people and our culture better off than we found it. Surely, we're going to make the golden rule our daily rule. Surely, we're going to, in everything we do and say, live it out as Christ's representative because he's taken such great care of us. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I ask that today this would be one of those messages Man, it's hard to apply. But it is so, it's so needed in our world. It's so needed in our homes, in our lives, in our friendships, in our workplace relationships. That, Lord, the, our tendency is to treat people as we have been treated. To treat situations as a situation deems it. But that's not how you've called us to live. You've called us, even when people have treated us unfairly, to treat them with goodness and mercy. You've called us to do good. You've called us to be a benefit to their lives. To circumstances that are easy and in circumstances that are hard. And circumstances that are full of peace and circumstances that are stressing us out, you've called us to be a benefit and to leave those situations and to leave those people better off than how we found it. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would understand that you've called us that in everything that we do and say to be your representative first. God, to, to leave in our wake of life, to leave, it, to leave this world, to leave our family, to leave our spouses and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, the places we work, the places our kids go to school, the, the, the neighborhoods we live in, God, that you have called us to leave it better than we found it. So that people would look at the way we live our lives and our good deeds and that it would glorify you. That's it. 
And so, Lord, I pray that we would take the initiative. We would stop waiting for people to do it to us, and we would take the initiative in everything. We would do for others what we want them to do for us. We would behave to others the way we wish those people would behave to us. We would talk to others. We would talk about others the way we would want others to talk to us and about us. We would treat others the way we want others to treat us. We would handle situations the way we would want others people to handle situations. God, I pray that you would focus us again because Lord, the reality is in this year we have lost our minds instead of keeping them. And that our mind would be focused on you today. And that we would follow your example that you came and you left it better. And you left people better. And you left this world better. And so, Lord, I pray today that surely, how could it not, surely, goodness and mercy would follow after us the rest of our days. Move and help us. It's in Jesus' name I pray today. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or maybe you're here and where you're at isn't where you should be. And you say, Justin, I need to recommit my life. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. It is that simple, but man, let's get real, because God wants to have a moment with you right now. If that's you, when I get to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. There's already hands up. Is there anyone else? You join these hands that are lifted. Yeah. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? I got you. Is there anyone else? You said, man, it's about me coming back. It's about me recommitting or it's about me making a first-time decision. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me, whether you're here or you're watching online and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it, and I turn to you. And I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.